0: It's me. Mighty power and his grace. I can hear the brush of angel's wings. I see glory.
1: Amen. I'm glad to be here tonight to have the opportunity uh, to give the message this evening. Looking forward to it. Amen. Amen. I really am. This is going to be good. This is one of those messages. Okay, not the message itself. Not me giving the message per se. But the thought here, I've I've been focused on this, quite frankly, to be honest with you. Zeroed in. I haven't been able to get rid of this one. Those of you that went on that trip to the Philippines... Uh, you prob- you're right there with me. I haven't been able to get past, and this is a good thing, the cross, the gospel, Jesus Christ. I mean, they, they, they hammered that in us all week long, and, and that's what it's all about, folks. That is what it's about. I want you to go to Luke, Luke uh, chapter 22, make it chapter 23, we'll start there. Luke chapter 20, 23, we're going to read one verse to start things off here. Luke chapter 23, and we'll read in verse number 34. This is something else here. Luke chapter 23, we'll read verse number 34 to get things started off. The Bible says, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. I want to zero in on Jesus' words there tonight. I'm going to give you a picture, do my very best to give you a picture, cross stick, of this word cross. We're going to look at the cross tonight. Focus in, zero in on the cross, not just the cross, but the one hanging there on that cross, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ going to look at that tonight, and I'm thankful for it. Before we get into things, um, I want to try to help all of us be able to wrap our mind around understand the importance of the cross um, and what it represents, the role that it plays in our walk here, uh, the life that we live and what we're trying to accomplish. I remember when I was just a little boy, I, I always had something, I had something in my hand. Um, I, I really wasn't the, the blanky guy. Um, I, wasn't the, I don't think I was the binky guy. Um, but when I was younger, I had a yo-yo, and I loved this yo-yo. Oh, man. I never really got that good, which frustrated me. It frustrates me to this day, because you watch some of the cool tricks that people can do with yo-yos. It's really cool. I never got there. But I loved this yo-yo. I always had it with me. I'd say, If I had to guess, I was probably 8, 9, 10 years old. I always had this yo-yo with me. Until one sad day, I set that yo-yo down, and I lost it. I don't know what happened. Quite frankly, I, where I eventually found it years later, I have no idea how it got there. So I believe with all of my heart, it was, one of my, it was a brother or my, one of my two sisters. It had to have been. Yeah, Mr. Green's pointing around. He thinks he's got it figured out already. It might have been the one that was carving my name into everything in the house. Get me nailed. Get me busted for carving my name into the washer and the dryer and the floor in the basement and the the pillars in the front of the house. It was not me, but they were carving my name into everything. Years later, it finally came out that it really wasn't me. I was telling the truth all along. So, I think I have it zeroed in. You see, that that yo-yo... ...was amazing. It was awesome. Hours and hours of fun. You know, I ended up finding that yo-yo underneath uh, the stand that we had the microwave on. Years later. Literally years later. Oh, man, I was frustrated. But the time that I lost that, in the moment, I remember going to my mom. You see, moms have, like, this superpower. They have the ability to find things that you've lost. All right? They say... Did you check there? Normally, it's within the first two, maybe three suggestions, and it's like, boom, got it. How did you, how did you do that? I, want, I don't know how they, do, how they do it. Mom was like a specialist. It was unbelievable. And one day, we spent all day looking for that yo-yo. Mom couldn't even find it. Mom could not find it. It's because I didn't leave it underneath the microwave, obviously. All right, so I lost this yo-yo. I'm upset, I'm disappointed, I'm frustrated, I'm angry. But can I tell you, eventually, I hate to say it, but I got over it. I got past it. I got past it. I was frustrated in the moment. In that moment, I I was looking everywhere, upstairs, downstairs, outside, inside. I was looking. I couldn't find it. You know what? Eventually, I said, whatever, whatever. It was just a toy. I could get another one. I could find something else, right? Many times in our life, the cross is something that just sits around our neck. That's what the cross is. That necklace, maybe it's a picture on the wall. It's important to us. We understand that it's important to us. Some of us grew up in church. But we get past it, we kind of get over it. We get going on with life. Life gets busy. I'm going here. I'm going there. I got the job now. I've graduated. I, I, you fill in the blank. We get past the cross. Because that's all it was. It was, it was a symbol. It was just it was something nice to think about. Something there. There it is. I see it on the wall. There it is. I keep it on, 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 around my neck. You know, the cross is much more than just a picture on the wall. Much, far more than that. I remember family vacations. Maybe, maybe, who's ever been to the ocean before? Raise your hand, have you been to the ocean before? Okay, you kind of understand what I'm talking about here as I explain this. I love going to the ocean. And when I get out of the ocean, I want to ride the waves. I love riding the waves. Give me out on the ocean where there's some big waves. We keep track of the high tide and when the big waves are coming in. And so then I hit the ocean and we're riding those waves. Oh, they're tearing you to pieces. It's so much fun. It's It's awesome. And you know this to be true about the ocean. You got that undertow. It's pulling at you. And sometimes we'll get in there and we'll, we'll, we'll dig our feet into the sand and try to fight it. And the first person to fall loses. Well, we're in the ocean. And you know what normally happens? You start to go with the current. You begin to go with the flow, right? So what keeps me on track, normally, Sarah, or back in the day, my mom would have a beach bag. A, 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 our stuff would be sitting there on the beach And when we're in the the water, periodically, I'd look back to see, thinking the beach bag would be here, it's way over there. How did that happen? It didn't just get up and walk, what's going going on is the, the, the ocean, the water, the current's taking me a different direction. So periodically, I'll look back and try to keep my eye on that thing and try to keep zeroed in so we keep track of our stuff and where we're at. I eventually start to get a feel for the, uh, the toe, for, for the, the, the wad and the direction it's going and how powerful and strong it is. And so I try to keep, as I'm riding the waves, I kind of periodically kinda just keep walking back. I don't even need to keep my eye on that, eye on that stuff anymore. I just kind of know where it's at. Even in that moment, I'll look up. Two minutes, three minutes, five minutes later, it's over there again. How did that happen? You know, if it wasn't for that beach bag, though it wasn't for all the stuff that we had, I'd just keep floating down the ocean side and eventually lose where we walked in the water initially. I use that as a landmark. You know, the cross does the same thing for us as Christians. We lose sight. We forget about the cross. Guess what happens? Life happens. Storms. Waves come crashing in. And it starts to push us down. It starts to push us away. And if we lose sight, if we forget about... if we just leave the cross... before you know it... weeks, months, years go by... and here we are... we used to be all the way over over there. How did that happen? We must not lose sight of the cross. Oh, how powerful. How wonderful. What a beautiful picture. The cross... That person, I don't do it because I get too frustrated. Golfing. See that flag out there? That flag shows you where the cup's at. You're looking. You, you, I'm terrible at golf, so I don't play. I get, too, I get too upset. But you look out there and you see the flag. You see, there it is. That keeps you on track. You know where to go. We have, we have purpose. We have a course. The cross keeps you on the course. It gives you purpose in life. Where would we be without the cross? Where would we be without the Savior on that cross? Yes, he died, was buried, and on the third day he rose again to save us from our sins. Let us never get over that. Let us never get past the cross, what Jesus Christ did for us. What about those words? Look at them. Thirty-four, Verse number 34. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We're going to look at the cross tonight, take a couple of moments, just examine, be reminded of the cross. Father, we come to you, and we are thankful for the love that you have for us. We are thankful for this church. We're thankful for our pastor. Lord, I pray for his safety. Uh, Mom and Dad, you just keep them safe as they're away. Lord, bring them safely back to us. But while we are here tonight... Lord, I pray that we as Christians, members, fam- church, uh, church family, community Baptist temple, we would be able to zero and focus in on this element, the cross. Lord, and the power that it has in our lives, the difference that it can make on our lives, our homes, our families. Lord, we need you. Help us. We'll thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Look at just a few things, and it's all going to come from that verse right there, verse number four 34, then said Jesus, number one, number one, we see the cry. Number one, we see the cry. What does he say? Father. Jesus said, Father. We heard a good message. I didn't hear the message this morning. I was up in the rally room with the junior church. But We heard a good message on Wednesday night. Time, time and time again, we see Jesus Christ... ...calling on his heavenly Father. Well, he was was in a bad place there on the cross... ...so he called on his heavenly Father. Time and time again... ...Jesus was calling on his heavenly Father. To the smallest and most insignificant issue... ...to the biggest and most difficult situation... ...that's what Jesus would do. Call on his heavenly Father. Everything. In Luke 6, verse 12... Jesus prayed before he chose those disciples. Matthew chapter 14, he prayed after the feeding of the 5,000. In that same chapter, he's praying before he walks on water. Luke chapter 22, verse number 41, Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. Luke chapter 23 and verse 34, what? He's praying on the cross. This is what Jesus did while here on this earth. You say, I'm just too busy to pray. Or you say, man... 2020 has been something else. You can't even walk into Community Baptist Temple without hearing someone talk about prayer. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful thing? If we could figure that one out. If we could figure out this thing of prayer. Oh man, as the college students, we've been going through uh, the last few semesters, godly men class. And really all it is is about godly men. Men who figured that thing out. Prayer. The miraculous works that God can do, the miraculous work God could do in this church right here, Community Baptist Temple, right here in Akron, Ohio, if we would figure out what Jesus had. I'm talking about the creator of the universe, king of kings and Lord of lords. If we could figure that one out, Father! Because until we figure that one out, we will not make a difference here in Akron. Until, we, until me, until I figure that one out, dad, husband, Father! I'm going to struggle. I will fall short. Jesus, what a perfect example here. Luke, verse number 34 here. Then said Jesus, Father, the cry. What does he say? Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call unto me and I will answer thee. Show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Call unto me and I will answer thee. Do you believe that tonight church? Do you believe that to be true? If we take our eye off the cross, I'm telling you, not far behind will be our savior. We forget about the cross, we forget about Jesus Christ. We forget about the cross, we forget about Jesus Christ. We forget about his he- the heavenly Father that we have who hears and answers prayer. And we find ourselves where do we find ourselves? In our flesh. Trying to teach our Sunday schools in the flesh trying to run our bus routes in the flesh, trying to make a difference here in Akron, Ohio, in our flesh. We can't do it. We won't do it. We will not succeed. We need this one God, our Heavenly Father. And Jesus knew that. Number one, the cry. Number two, we see the request. This blows my mind. Unbelievable. Jesus said... Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. Hold on a second. Can we wrap our minds around what's going on here? Jesus Christ, remember, as I said a moment ago, King of kings and Lord of lords, creator of the universe, left his perfect home in heaven to come to the sinful, wicked world. He lived a perfect, sinless life. Miracle after miracle. There he was feeding the 5,000. There he was walking on water. Giving the blind their sight. The lame man's walking. Loving on the children. Oh, Jesus, what an amazing Savior. And here he is between two thieves. Hanging on a cross. And my father... Uh-oh, this is it. This is the moment. He could have called ten thousand angels. Here he comes. He's gonna, he's gonna tear them up now. Father, forgive them. You don't understand. That coworker, he's always giving me a hard time. Father, forgive them. Well, that's why I sit on that side of the auditorium. I can't stand. That, those people over there drive me crazy. Father, forgive them. Time and time again. There we go. Teenagers, we're memorizing 1 John. It's all over. It's all over there. <laughs> you say you walk in, in light. How does it go? I'm, I'm, I'm on to chapter 2 now, right, guys? I like giving the girls a hard time about it because... We're, we're kind of keeping track here, and, and it's a competition. But you know what? He's nailing us to the wall. God is. He's tearing us up. First John. We think we're something. We think, we think we're somebody. We got problems. We're angry with our neighbor. We're upset with that guy over there. I have rights. Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them. The cry. Who did he cry to? Reliance, the dependence on his heavenly Father. Number two, we see the request forgive them. Oh, man. Father, forgive them. Look at this. Verse, Verse number 34 Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Number three, the observation. What's his observation? For they know not what they do. For they know not what they do. Hey, just as Jesus is there on the cross, he scans the crowd, the multitude there. They know not what they do. Guess what? I'm driving to church tonight. I'll be driving in, not tomorrow, I'm off tomorrow. I'm driving in to pray tomorrow morning. There you go, I am coming here tomorrow morning. I'm driving in to pray tomorrow morning. I'm driving next to that, that person in the car next to me there. And guess what? I look at them, in most cases, more often than not, I say, they know not what they do. Maybe not even doing anything wrong, they're just going to work. They're going through this life. They know not what they do. Without the cross, without Jesus Christ, we have nothing. There is no purpose. Look at it. Watch the news. Just watch the Turn it on for just a second. We're all going to die. Yes, we are all going to die. But I don't think it's going to be from some disease, some sickness. It's the, that's what it is. It's the climate crisis. That's what's going to get us. We're scared, we're worried, we're afraid. Watch it. Turn. The weather's starting to change. Some mosquitoes are going to be out before you know it. West Nile running rampant. They're going to get us. You watch the news. They'll have you hiding in the basement. They'll have you scared to death. Guess what? I know someone bigger and better. I know someone stronger, more capable, more able. He is able to help me today, right here where I'm at, the problems that I'm facing, the difficulties that I see. Guess what? Jesus Christ is there for me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. But what happens? I get my eyes off the cross and I get my eyes on the new crisis, whatever it is, because tomorrow to be something else. 2 years from now to be it's something different. I get my eye off the cross. I'll take my eye off the soul that is in need of salvation. I get my eye off the cross. Guess what? I stop observing what is truly important in life. We get distracted. Why do we get distracted? Because the, the beach bag is way over there. The, the storms of life, is, it's just pushed us down river, downstream. We've lost sight of the cross. And now soul winning isn't a big deal anymore. It used to be. Church attendance, what's the big deal? Preachers talking about three times a week. Good grief. Come on. Doesn't he know I work for a living? We get our eye off the cross. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. But I've got things to do. I've got to provide for my family. Get your eye off the cross. Our eyes will fix, will focus on something else. Even on the cross, Jesus is looking with compassion. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So the person yells yells at you at work, on the street, they cut you off. Church member says something, does something you don't like. Hmm, I knew it. Only in church. You forgot about the co-worker a second ago. Only in church. I quit. I'm done. I give up. No, 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 no. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. On the cross, mind you, hanging there on the tree, Father, forgive them. With compassion. Can we see with compassion? You take your eyes off the cross, you will not see this world with compassion. You will not see that sinner with compassion. You take your eyes off the cross. The cry, the request, the observation. Number four, the sacrifice. Who? Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. There he is, hanging on the cross. Look, verse, excuse me, John 15, verse 13. John, let's go there. John chapter 15. Let's take a look at these verses here. John chapter 15, verse 13. You know the verse. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. That a man lay down his life for his friends. Hold on a second. Let me piggyback off of what I just said a moment ago. That word friends. That's something else. I want to look at something really quick. You don't even have to go there. I'm going to read these. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 26. Just look at this. This is amazing. This tore me to pieces the other day. I was reading this. Matthew chapter 26, verse number 21 says, And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. I'm going to jump over to verse number 46. Rise, let us be going. Behold, He is at hand that doeth or that doth betray me. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, master, and kissed him. And this tore me up. Look, verse number 50, it says, And Jesus said unto him, Friend. We're talking about the betrayer here. He's got this whole thing worked out. I'm going to walk up to him. I'm going to kiss him. You'll know that's the one. That's the one. They're ready. They've got their weapons. They're ready to tear Jesus up. Take him in. And how does Jesus respond? Friend. Jesus, what compassion, what love. And he talks about it right here. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John 15, verse number 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not... What his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You know what he's saying? He's saying we are in this thing together, guys. Me and you. Let's do this. We're in this together. Just me and you. You and your Savior. God's there with you. He'll be with you. He will help you. He will give you the strength that you need. John 15, verse 20. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. We're in this thing together, no doubt. Yes, me and my Lord. Guess what? After all of the good, all the great things that Jesus did... They still put him on that cross. You preach the cross. You preach Jesus Christ. The world's not going to want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. But they need it. Now, let me backtrack just a second. I said this the other day, just yesterday in the Go Rally. We get this idea, you watch the media, you watch the news. You get the idea that nobody wants anything to do with Jesus. No one wants anything to do with church. That's not true. Do not be discouraged tonight. No, 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 no. We're doing just fine. Let us be be bold tonight. Let's open our mouths. We close our mouths. I'm telling you, it's just going to get more and more difficult by the day. Jesus Christ, oh, he sacrificed for me. Jesus Christ, he was betrayed. He was hung on that cross for me and for you for this church what are we doing for him are we willing to sacrifice preacher talked about it just the other day just the other day on a, I believe it was a Wednesday night guess what folks we're gonna have to sacrifice sacrifice means getting outside your comfort zone we need bus drivers we need Sunday school teachers we need choir members I don't have time sacrifice I'm glad Jesus had time. I'm gl- That's just wrong, Brother Josh. That's not cool. But it's a reality. Isn't it? Let's just continue in our old ways. In service, out of service. Oh, it's, ti- oh, it's Sunday. It's time. Let's go. We'll sit there and listen to the preacher go on. And then we'll go home and eat, take a nap. We'll come back and listen to him do it again. And that'll be that. Then we go to work. Are you tired of that? Doesn't that get old? It does get old. There must be purpose. That purpose only comes in and through Jesus Christ. The cry, the request, the observation, the sacrifice. Never forget. Never forget what Jesus Christ did for you on that cross. And then finally, in closing, this, our Savior. The Savior Never forget your Savior. Never forget the sacrifice that was made for your Savior. For you, on behalf of your Savior, excuse me. I want to ask you today. Tonight, as we close down, we get ready to start a new week. We're tired and worn out. Daylight savings. I need another nap. Lost an hour of sleep. Here we go. Are we willing to sacrifice this week for our Savior? That verse, let's, let's close it there in, in, in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, verse number 34. I want, us to really, I want us to look at it. I want us to see it. Don't forget this. I must not forget this. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Jesus speaking here. Jesus, our Savior. Where are you at tonight? Where am I at tonight? Are we willing to take the time to evaluate? Over and over and over again. We see a word that is attached. That is tied to the cross. It's unbelievable. Doesn't seem to fit. It's a three-letter word. Joy. Joy. Where are we at today? I get stuck on this one. I really do. I want to evaluate my life. If I have lost my joy, that's my problem. That's something that's wrong with me. If you have lost your joy... When the visitor walks in the doors of this church, do they see a joyful congregation? Do they see a joyful church family? Are we waiting for the final amen so we can get outside those double doors as quickly as possible? Get me out of here. After that verse right there, then said Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them for they they know not what they do. I'm busy, gotta go. How are you doing? Fine. Christian, you're saved on your way to heaven. This one, our Savior, Jesus Christ, hanging there on the cross. He loves us so very much. For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave His only begotten Son. Who was that? That was Jesus, our Savior. And we can't even crack a smile at church. (laughs) Wow. So I ask you, where are you at tonight? Three different groups I see. Sure there's more, but I don't have time to talk about more. I'm just going to focus on three. There's a group tonight you need to continue in Christ. Just keep up the good work. Keep on keeping on. Don't quit. Don't give up on Christ. He's not going to give up on you. You continue in Christ. Continue the direction you're going. You keep serving. You keep sacrificing. Continue in Christ. But there's a second group that needs to come back to Christ. Oh, you're saved. You're on your way to heaven. But we need to find ourselves at an altar tonight and say, Jesus Christ... For all you've done for me and what I do for you, it's a disgrace. We need to come back to Christ. My walk isn't what it used to be. The cross is way over there. I've allowed the cares of this life to take me a million miles away. I've just gotten busy with work, with school. I just don't focus on the cross like I used to. It doesn't stir me. It doesn't excite me like it used to. You need to come back to Christ. Come back to the cross. Go back to the cross. And what I mean by that is that moment when you called and asked that Savior, Jesus Christ, to save you from your sins. Do you remember how that felt? How wonderful that was. The joy that was in your soul. We've lost that in our churches because we have lost sight of the cross. Come back to the cross. Jesus is there. He'll meet you with open arms. You know what happens? It's that snowball that's rolling down the hill, down the mountainside, and each and every passing step, every passing turn, it's getting bigger and bigger, stronger and stronger, faster and faster, just spiraling out of control. And you say, I, just, I know what I need to do. I can't stop myself. Come back to Christ. He will help you tonight. I'm not talking about the sinner. Excuse me, I'm not talking about the unsaved right now. That Christian who's become distracted. We've forgotten our purpose. What used to bring us happiness and joy? We used to to find joy in serving Jesus, but we don't have time to serve anymore. We're too busy. Talking about the creator of the universe, the one who died for us. We're too busy for that one. You're not too busy for your pastor. You're not too busy for your church. You're too busy for your savior. Let us wrap our minds around that. There's a group in here that needs to just continue in Christ. There's another group in here tonight that needs to come back to Christ. And then thirdly and finally, I believe with all of my heart, a group this size... There's someone, maybe even a group of people tonight that need to, for the first time, call on Christ. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's someone in this church tonight that is not saved. You do not know for sure that heaven is your home. You are lost and dying and on your way to a devil's hell. Jesus Christ died for you. Jesus loves you. He said, Father, forgive them. He's waiting for you now to come and to call on him. What group are you in tonight? Can you just continue on? Oh, don't get me wrong. We can all step it up a notch. Don't get satisfied with where you're at. I want to push on. I want to do more for Christ. Without doubt. But guess what? We just need to continue on. We are trending in the right direction. Heading towards Christ. Focused on Christ. But maybe you're in that second group. You need to come back to Jesus Christ. What do I do? How do I make that happen? Right here. Bow the knee. Bow the knee. And then maybe there's someone here tonight that says, I want to know this Jesus. I want to be saved. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful, church, if we had a soul saved tonight? Wouldn't that be great? Amen. Oh, God is so good. I'm talking about that Savior. Oh, what a Savior. I love when they sing that song. Oh, hallelujah. Never forget what Jesus Christ did for you on that cross. Don't lose sight of the cross. The cry, the request, the observation, the sacrifice, and the Savior. One more time, just because I love it so much. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Oh, what a Savior. Let's come to this altar tonight and let's just talk with our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just fellowship with Him. This week, in our personal walks, let's just fellowship. Don't overcomplicate it. Let's just meet with Jesus. Let's just talk to Jesus. We complicate our prayers. We complicate our Bible reading. How's your fellowship with the Savior? Is it sweet? It should be. It can be. Is there something that we need to eliminate? Something we could get rid of? To sweeten this walk. Focus on the cross. Father, we come to you. Lord, we love you. You are such a great God.